How about this? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. Fans back in the building in the NBA playoffs. And a diving tackle by the security. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Redskins going to look into hiring that man right there. <laughs> what a tackle there by the security. Earlier on the show, 2021 Basketball Hall of Fame inductee Chris Bosch. Coming up, 49ers CEO Jed York. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Plus NBA champion Meta World Peace. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air from Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host. Pleased to be had wherever you are having this show of NBC Sports on Peacock. We're streaming every day after the Dan Patrick Show, taking you to Brother from Another with Michael Holly and Michael Smith every single day between 12 and 3 Eastern. We're right here. Um, if you want to get us and see us um, and see all the zip-up sweaters that I wear on this program, <laughs> despite it being now June, um, you can uh, go to NBC Sports on Peacock to get us at GoPeacockTV.com. You can also listen to us uh, on NBC Sports Audio, Channel 211 on the Sirius XM dial. We're also available free to be heard uh, via stream on Odyssey. And then the Rich Eisen Show, growing number of radio affiliates um, across this great country of ours. Um, We appreciate you taking us in. And if you miss any of it, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, at Rich Eisen Show on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. In other words, we're unavoidable. Uh, And if you want to get us, 844-204-RICH to chat, that that works as well. Or just own the 49ers. You can get to call into the show. Like Jed York, (laughs) the CEO, right here at top of second hour on the Rich Eisen Show. How have you been, Jed? I'm I'm good. I thought we were talking Notre Dame football today. Oh my gosh! You know what, Jed? <laughs> much much like that uh, gambit to start this conversation, uh, Rudy was offsides. Same thing, just like you right now. I think you jumped. I think you jumped. I think you jumped the well, snap. What do you I, think? I, I, I'm just proud that I, I I think we have the the, the best collegiate football program in. In, in America right now, I'm I'm, I'm excited about now that. No, you well now now you really believe that though, right? You really believe that right now for about I mean, football, like pure collegiate football program. What does that mean? <laughs> I know what. <laughs> <he's saying. laughs> what do you? What do you? Are you insinuating? Are you implying? What are you doing, Jen? No, I, I just think our, our student athletes and and the guys that go there mm-hmm. were just an education. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we have we have the best pure student athlete program in the country. So are you are you t- are you you're talking up the provost on the campus I, of South Bend right now? So yes, absolutely. <laughs> they've they've done a great job. They've done a great job. Hey, the coach is terrific. I, I love when he comes on the show, Brian Kelly. I think he's terrific. I, I'm I like I'm I'm very very happy. I, I, I think. Notre Dame is not the easiest place to be the coach, as as is your alma mater. Not the easiest place. There's very very lofty expectations, um, and I think Brian's done an amazing job with the expectations, and I think he fits very very well in South Bend. It's awesome to see. Jed York here on the Rich Eisen Show, the CEO of the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, always kind enough to spend some time with us right here on this first day of June. Anything going on with your team lately? Jed, I haven't seen your, you know, on the headlines at all. What's going on with your team? Anything I mean, we we don't have any more draft picks to trade, so there's not <laughs> there's just not much to do right now. I love that. Let, let me just jump in here um, because there was so much conversation as to how it all went down and how it did work its way to Trey Lance being the guy chosen by your organization. Did this start where, you know, like, hey, um, 
it's a weekly meeting or it was just placed on your schedule. Coach and John want to talk to you. John Lynch, the general manager, sit down and they laid out, hey, we want to make a monster move up the draft board. Is that how it gets presented to you and your part of this uh, of this machinery here in the 40 um, years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they saw the, the class and there were definitely a number of guys that, that were intriguing. Um, and just knowing that we wanted to be respectful to – our current players, we, we didn't want to do anything, you know, where we were having sort of sneaky meetings and trying to, you know, be stealthy. Like we wanted to just make sure like if we were going to do it, we we're going to do it out in the open and make sure that we did the entire process and, and evaluated all the guys as thoroughly as possible and let everybody know here who that decision could affect. Like this is what we're doing and, and we're going to be very, very straightforward about it. And, you know, there was a lot of meetings. There was a lot of, I mean, I can't remember how many guys and how many times that they saw each of the, the, the prospects sort of in person and going to pro days and things like that. But there were certainly a lot of things. And, you know, I, I could tell fairly early on how focused Kyle was. And I just, I just sort of pulled back where instead of getting updates off of every time they watched film and you know, every time that they saw somebody in person or had a conversation, it was just like, look, when you guys are ready to sit down and make the decision, you know, we'll get together the week of the draft. And that's sort of what John and Kyle decided. Uh, I can't remember the exact day, but I think we got together Monday before the draft. Uh, that was the final day that we got together. But I'm, I'm hitting the Wayback Machine all the way to probably late February, early March, you know, when that trade was made. Because, you know, again, I know you're very prideful as well you should, uh, of putting together uh, an organization um, after the tur- turnover that that you went through, that the coach and the general manager, and then you delegate. That's that's what they do. But uh, I'm assuming you know all that draft capital that gets moved around for a player that is going to eventually be your new starting quarterback does require your check mark, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. I, I mean, we had that conversation, but I mean, it was the check-ins in between were. Right. I, I mean, you can tell how focused Kyle was. Yes. Where it was like, you don't, you know, your your decision week to week, day to day, doesn't really matter. So I, I definitely shifted gears from there. So we tried to not, it was like one of those things where it's hard to not talk about it. But it was like, look, like, we're not going to put that on the agenda anytime we get together. Because, you know, Kyle, Kyle, can change his mind, you know, based <laughs> off of different things. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't worth it to try to go through it at that point. But, I mean, if you go to the Wayback Machine, it was, you know, this is the decision we're thinking about making, and if we do it, we're, we're going to be bold. And, and, again, I think it was important for us to be to, – to really control our destiny mm-hmm. and know that we were going to get – you know, we, we knew that we weren't going to get to the first pick – we were pretty certain that we weren't going to get to the second pick. So we, we knew that we wanted one of the, 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 the next quarterbacks that were going to go. Um, and we just talked about how to get there and what we were comfortable with. And, again, having the amount of trust and respect that I do for John and Kyle makes it so much easier to make a decision like that. Of course, I hear you. But so, in other words, you, Jed York, CEO of the 49ers, said yes to a trade based on what you heard from your coach and your general manager who you trust implicitly without knowing the name of the player that was going to eventually be spat out on the last Thursday of, of April. That literally is something you said, okay, 
go about your valuation. There was no player that they said, this is the guy who's in the, the leader in the clubhouse when the trade was made. I mean, can, what, what can you reveal no, about that? No leader in the clubhouse. I mean, it was really, there were, you know, you, you essentially knew who was going one, right? I mean, I think we all knew who was going one. Right. I, I don't know that, that you knew 100% who was going to, but you had a pretty good idea who was going to. So there were really, you know, three guys plus, you know, p- potentially a fourth if he didn't go to the Jets mm-hmm. that you were really looking at. So it was really three guys plus another just in case he didn't go to the Jets. And I, I think they felt good about all of those guys uh, early on. And, you know, they're, they're all intriguing. I think they're all going to be very successful guys in the NFL. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not play against them, but, you know, I don't, I don't get to choose who other teams' quarterbacks are, so. That, that that's something that that's a rule change that I'd like to implement <laughs> at some point. <laughs> it's Jed York here on the Rich Eisen show. So, um, did you were you were you rooting for, like not like you're 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 grinding all twenty two, but did you have somebody that you wanted in mind and that you're you were glad that it came out or what? Like, what, I, I what? mean, I'm I'm very glad how it came out, and again, I I think. I think I've said this before. It, it was a lot easier, you know, to choose who you wanted versus who you didn't want, because you can make an argument for all five of the quarterbacks that went that that they should have been the first quarterback that went. And you know, there there are things that you can debate about all of them, but I mean, there's there's a lot to like about all the quarterbacks who were in this draft. And for me, like, I'm not I'm not studying their film the way that Kyle is or the way that John is. You know, and, and in terms of the people, like, I think they, they, they're all great young men. And I think Trey is going to be fantastic. He's, he's a phenomenal young man, but, but all the guys were. So it wasn't like, well, you know, this is a great player, but there's a character issue. Like, there are no character issues with any of the guys. There, there were no off-the-field things. There, there, there's just, you know, it was a very, very unique group of, of young men, and it was, uh, it was a really cool process. And I think the world of Trey Lance, he's, he was on the show <clears throat> two days before he became a 49er, and, uh, you know, he literally had me at hello, and it's just, I can't believe he was He's born. awesome. Like he's, I, I, he's, I can't he's believe awesome. he was born in the year 2000, man. I, I just can't believe that. that yeah, is, it's, uh, <laughs> that, that's a little weird that, yeah. that he was born in the year 2000, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I, we'll, we'll get over that at some point. <laughs> that's an us problem. It's not a him problem, obviously. That's right. That's, right. Uh, that's, our, that, that's us working out our own, our own issues there. Um, so uh, when is the question, did I hear you in an interview elsewhere say you think Jimmy G could be the starter the next two years? Did I hear that, Jed? Did yeah, I mean. That? Really? You know, I mean, that's a nice thing about drafting a young guy is that, you know, when he's ready to play, he's ready to play. Like you, you look at, you know, another quarterback that there have been rumors about. It, it took him three years to play, and, and he's had a pretty nice career. <laughs> um, and and again, I, I think, you know, we we love Jimmy. I think Jimmy he got us to a Super Bowl. You know, like there's a lot of great things to like about Jimmy, and that that's the thing about when you're looking at the quarterback position, the the amount of money that that a quarterback you know, demands and, 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 and sort of takes to, to be able to, to field somebody that's not a rookie is, is a lot of money, and there's obviously a savings to having a rookie quarterback. So some of that savings goes to, you know, a guy that can help you get back to a Super Bowl. 
you know, a guy that, that can play very, very well when, when he's stayed healthy and, and has done a great job like he did in 2019 for us, I have no problem having two really, really good answers at quarterback there and allowing a young guy who just turned 21, you know, to, to get his sea leg, so to speak, under him. Like, there's, I have no issue with that whatsoever. Now that aforementioned uh, quarterback who's in the news that did take three years to be the starter, that was in a time, however, when there wasn't a fifth-year option and you know, and winning in somebody's first contract in the NFL was at such paramount importance based on what you just said, the cost savings of having somebody on a first contract in the NFL. That doesn't factor into your th- – I mean, th- that doesn't factor into your thinking – as as uh, a chief architect there in in Santa Clara, so I mean, if I if I said this to you, if I said the first two draft picks that that we had two number ones are no longer on the team, our best draft pick from our our first class was our was our fifth round selection, and you know, are are, are you excited about your team going forward? You know, are you excited about your team? Like, do you think your team is going to get to a Super Bowl in year three? If your two first-round picks from the from the first year are no longer on your team, you, you'd probably say no. You'd, you'd probably say like, you know, this is a disaster. This this didn't work. And I think that's where everybody looks and says, you know, well, you know, it's a first-round pick. Like it has to be a home run right away. I, I'm looking at the entire the entire picture. Like, what are we doing to be successful? And I think, you know, obviously we didn't have the, the year that we wanted last year in terms of you know our, our record. But the things that we overcame as an organization, as a team, the injuries that we had, being kicked out of our home and going to Arizona, like I think we we showed a lot of a lot of fortitude, and I feel like we can compete right now, whether Jimmy's a quarterback, whether Trey's the quarterback, whoever it is, and you know if Jimmy gives us the best chance to win, then Jimmy's going to be our quarterback. So we're going to spend the same amount of money as anybody else in terms of the NFL and the salary cap. So whatever that makeup looks like, as long as we're getting to the right result, like I'm, I'm comfortable with it. And plus, I guess you got to just live with your decisions and live in the moment because we could all be gone by Sunday, right, Jed? I mean, look, we, we could be. I mean, I, I have no idea that. if we're going to make it to Sunday. I heard that. I, I'm hoping that we do. Were you one of Definitely. the people who texted your coach to, on that Sunday to say I'm still here, <laughs> like Kittle did? Were you one no, of those people? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but but in, in speaking of George, yes, uh, like I mean, I think George is he's easily one of the top people in the NFL. Like just just an awesome guy, an yep. awesome, awesome, awesome football player. First person ever to do a handwritten card for me to say thank you for a new contract ever in the NFL since 2005, my first year, first guy ever to do a handwritten card. What did he do? He sent you a thank you note? He handed me a thank you note. He, he, he lost it last year <laughs> after we had done the deal. And, I mean, with, with all the moves and just everything, like he, he had it in his, in his storage because he moved to Nashville with right. his wife. Right, right. Uh, and he's like, I found it, and he's like, I just wanted to hand-deliver you a card. And beautifully written card, thank you note. The first time I've had a, a handwritten note from, from any player for doing a contract. Exactly. No kidding. Yes. Signed, George. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Jed, for, for, the, for the long-term deal. No the, kidding. The, the only other guy that I have a handwritten card from yes. that we didn't do a deal with, any guesses? <sighs> well, I mean, geez, can you give a little bit of a hint? Because I can go just a slight he, subset he, here, he played, Jed? He played... He played catch with your your head coach under the radar at Duke. Peyton Manning? 
That's correct. What was that yeah. about? Oh, he's a he's a he's a known handwritten note guy. So but, but after he signed in Denver, you know, when when we didn't evaluate Peyton, uh-huh. um, even though Jim and 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 Giro went down to 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 Duke to to work him out and throw with him, mm-hmm. Peyton wrote me a handwritten note after. So the only two guys. Peyton Manning, who didn't sign with us, and George, who who did do an extension. So, what is Peyton writing you? Like, thanks for what? It was just thanks for thanks for the interest in me. Wish you guys all the best. <laughs> you know, this was before he signed in, in in Denver. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now I feel like I should write you a note for something. Um, now I, mean, I feel, I feel like that's like sort of like you. If you write me a note, you're you're probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like that's kind of <laughs> well, okay. So how it goes. all right. Well, I I was going to end this conversation by thanking you for calling in, but a uh, you know a note's coming your way. How does that sound, Jed? No, it, it sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Absolutely, Appreciate man. I, I'm hoping to see you in person soon. It seems like things are opening up yeah, a little bit for everybody. I, I so. guess. Let me just ask you that question. Are you expecting to have a full house? Like, is that a? Uh, I, I I know obviously uh, the the health and safety protocols in your county is uh, what uh, sent you elsewhere uh, so, last year. So, so we we are you know as as things sit today we are we are in in the clear to be able to have a, a, a full house. Now, obviously, things can change. But that's our expectation right now, and that's as a, as the guidelines sit today. That that is our expectation. So okay, because I know the state of California is opening up fully. You know, um, uh, on the fifteenth of this month. Yep. Of this month, so practices everything you're you're expecting to have as normal normal as possibly can be when you're. Oh gosh, Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. That's the first one. I just looked week three. How that, you doing? That might, that might be a big one. <laughs> Where Al and Chris won't be wearing masks in the booth, and they'll be calling the game. That's the way it would look, right? I, I, that's what I'm hoping. With that's the, what I'm hoping. With the aforementioned quarterback that we have not named that your coach apparently called his coach for, right? That guy? <laughs> Jed? I, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I think our, I think our interview's up. I, I, I don't want to miss your commercial break. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you being concerned about my radio clock, Jed. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks, care. Rich. That's Jed York, everybody. At Jed York, I follow him. You should too. All of a sudden, now I'm gonna write him a note. How about that? How about that, George Kittle? Here's my note from last year. I found it. I was moving. Sorry. And Peyton Manning, <laughs> thanks for considering me. Because you know, you know, when Peyton retired, or was it when he retired, or was that what it was when? When he retired, Gatorade sent out a video of all the handwritten notes that he sent people. They were reading those handwritten oh, notes. Oh, right, right, you Remember right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he is a well-known handwritten note guy, Peyton Manning. So thanks for even giving me the opportunity, you know, good luck. Even though I really wasn't going to sign there because I didn't want to be in the same conference as my brother, which was the, which I do believe was the case. When push came to shove, he didn't want to be in his, co- his brother's conference. How about that? That's amazing. Let's take a break. It makes me feel less than. I should write more notes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? Dear Chris, thanks for that poll question. You got it. Bob. Appreciate Jed looking out for our advertisers. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd appreciate that. And I've now <laughs> gone to break late. Let's go to break. Uh, Ian Rappaport, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, what's going on with Julio and Aaron Rodgers and more. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me... I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, 
just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Good morning, world. This is Big Snoop, D-O-double-G, a.k.a. Coach Snoop, reporting live from the Broncos' secret location for interviews for the Rich Eisen Show, as only I can deliver. So roll with me as I push through all of these other media to show them who is the number one in getting these questions asked and answered. Rich Eisen, we about to take over, baby. Peyton, uh, Snoop Dogg from the Rich Eisen Show. Can I get a 50% discount on Papa John's pizzas when I'm in the state of Colorado? Absolutely. Absolutely. Snoop, Snoop, come holler at me, man. One time for my brain. What up, yeah, yeah? How you doing? I feel, how I feel to be back home, baby. Feel great to be back home, man. I heard that you don't lose yeah. when you at the house. That is true. What's your record at the house? Maybe like 90 and 0 <laughs> since Pop Warner, so man, I've just been doing it. You know I play with you on Madden, right? Believe that. You my man. <laughs> I'll never help you. I'll leave you over there one-on-one hey, one all one the time. Baby all Chris. the time. <laughs> 21 reasons. Boy. Believe that. What's your speed like? What's your 40 time? Uh, the 48 probably. Oh, yeah, you fast. Yeah. You be catching running backs from the back. I'm like, wolf. The wolf is on the loose. They're like, who is that's the wolf, baby. This job tougher than you thought it would be? Man, this job is easy, man. Easy, breezy, man. <laughs> you believe a week get paid to do this? Hey, y'all get paid for this? <laughs> hey, Rich, I need some money, man. They didn't tell me
Do you feel like some of those games that you played in as a kid prepared you for this moment, playing in those different states against that different competition? Yeah, uh, you know, I think, you know, that, that time I went to Florida, you know, my mom, she actually told me to tell you how she, uh, you know, she wants to write you a letter because it changed, it changed, you know, it changed it my changed. whole view. Yeah, and she was like, I want to thank Snoop and all this other stuff, but it definitely helped me and prepared me to, you know, get, get to this level. But tell her I said, you thanking me right now by playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm proud of you, boy. Make us proud. Much success to you, boy. So there you have it, All Access, the original, the genuine, the one and only, D-O-double-G. We about to go to Hollow Smoke Business down the street with the Panthers. But in the meantime, in between time, let me count the ways. I still can't believe we had Snoop do that, by the way. I was thinking that Washington. Calvin brought us, like, like literally, you know, the <laughs> yeah, NFL needed his credential and his ID and all that stuff, and we awesome. sent him in. Because Thursday of before the Super Bowl, guys are on their third news cycle after a media day and night, and they're all like, I don't want to talk anymore. What am I going to say? Yeah. Except give bulletin board material. I've already been asked and answered everything. So Thursday, let's send Snoop in there. That's what we did. So fun. It's all on our YouTube stream. It's so amazing. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial to have a conversation with us. Great chat with Jed York. He really sounded like he meant it, that, uh, yeah, Jimmy G could start two years. And I'm like, well, you know, you're supposed to win a Super Bowl in somebody's first year of their contract for money purposes. And his response was, I guess their their first couple of draft choices of the of the Lynch era, like Solomon Thomas is not on the team anymore. He said two of their first-round picks are not on the team anymore, and you'd think in, in their best draft choice is their fifth-round selection, he said. I was wondering who he was referring to to that, and he's just like, that That would make it sound like we're in deep trouble, right? So it doesn't matter to him how they get there if they get to the Super Bowl, and Jimmy G's gotten to the Super Bowl. Kittle was a fifth-round pick. That's right? maybe it, yeah, Kittle, yeah, right? 844-204-RICH, number Dom, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, Ian Rappaport, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm looking at the calendar. I see June 1st, which means, just help me with this. <laughs> this is your, you know, part of your news and information. Uh, that means tomorrow's the first post-June 1st day, correct? Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yes and no. Not saying you're wrong, right. but today is actually the first post-June 1 day, but after 4 o'clock. After 4 o'clock. Um, so if yes. 4 o'clock today is when the clock starts officially uh, on June 2nd on the NFL calendar, yeah, correct? Right, All which right. is basically like wishing someone happy birthday at like 12.01 a.m. I get yes. it, but like also don't call and wake me up. I'm sleeping. Understood. I, mean? <laughs> I get it. So, so Not saying that my parents did that for years before I said anything, but I'm just saying for <laughs> all parents. Well, those crazy rap reports. Um, so, yeah. you know, something could obviously be done and then say, we'll announce it at a certain time right now. So I guess it doesn't, it's not like we're waiting, staring at the clock for the pot to boil over. W- what's happening with Julio Jones as you and I are talking right now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is always kind of the weird thing. Cause like it is a deadline and because there's nothing else going on besides my terrible golf game. Um, uh, it is what everyone is talking about, but it's not actually a deadline. It's more of like the. It's it's more of a deadline, like when the franchise tag window open opens up, like in February. Right. Like we all talk about it, but you don't get to find out who actually gets tagged till like March 14th or whatever it was this year. Right. Um, it's more like that. Like it opens up the door. Now, 
the Falcons could have traded him before the draft and just say, we'll process it, you know, June 2nd, much like the Rams and Lions did their quarterback trade on a Saturday night at 1030 in uh, February. When was that? February? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In February. Um, and then we're like, oh, cool. It'll be official in three weeks. Everyone get ready for that. So they could do that. Um, the weird thing about Julio is, and, you know, it is, look, it is possible it gets done this week, but there's no actual deadline until training camp, right? So if the Falcons are like, we have to get a first-round pick, we are not trading him unless we get that, they may not trade him until, you know, July 27th or something like that. Like, right. you know, I would be a little surprised if something is not done before training camp, but other than that, it's really just whatever deadline they decide to create. Like, they could tell teams, like, we have to get it done this week, so put your best offer in, and then we are trading him. I haven't heard that's happened. Otherwise, like, it's all kind of waiting around to see if something spurs movement in a trade market that seems pretty fleshed out, and I don't get the sense it's really accelerated anywhere. Well, then let's go in search of an earlier deadline, uh, the the concept that they need to – create the cap space to in fact pay their rookies do they need to actually get these right. guys under contract before a mandatory mini camp this month or the fact that they've already been on um, the field because you know uh because they were you know at a, a rookie camp i mean is there is there a time by which they have to get these rookies signed and under contract Ian, uh it's really by training camp and that's a good question because Thank you, sir. you know every year you know, rookies sort of sign at different times, right? Like the Rams do a thing where they have everyone go through, uh, you know, OTAs and rookie camp and mini camp, and then they all sign at once after some financial education. But that's a lot of times like in June, but sometimes we see draft picks don't sign until right before training camp, and that happens every year too. So the Falcons do need the room. Um, I think they would like to get something done for business purposes, but they actually don't have to. So they could have everything fine in their offseason, have all the rookies show up, everything be good. Rookies will sign waivers, as they do, and then sign everyone right before training camp and just say, oh, probably, you know, we'll be, we'll be against the clock, but we'll have to hustle to get it done. But because rookie deals are generally so easy, like they probably will be able to get it done, even if it's a mad scramble like a day before training camp. Huh. So uh, Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show, my colleague from the NFL Media Group. Um, who's in on Julio? Who's in on Julio? And who do you think? Who do you think's already put that one on the table? If you believe that, if you believe that is the, in fact the case, you think so? What do you got for me? I, on that? Well, to me, if there was a clean one on the table for next year, it probably would have already taken it. Would be my guess. Okay. Um, because, you know, because they—that's that's what they've told teams they wanted. They want a one. If they get a one, I think they would have taken it. So, to me, if if there is a one on the table, it's probably not a one for this year. And, you know, like sort of the way teams think about it, like let's say, you know, I want a one for this year and you want to give me a one from 2023, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that basically value-wise is considered a two. If you want to give me a, a first-round pick for three years out, that's considered a three. So they may have a one on the table, but I just don't know that it's this year. But, like, you know, there was some discussion, I think, from colleague Mike Garofolo that the Rams were involved. The Rams mm. could give a first-round pick, but it's not going to be for, I think, 2035 is their next one. I could be incorrect on that. <laughs> yes, my, my son who's about to be bar mitzvah is going to get 
uh, go through graduate school when uh, the yes. next time they actually exactly. Um, and that's what they they could give that, but that's and that's valuable, but it's not a one like we talk about a one. I love the Rams being involved. God, they're so aggressive. They really just like screw it. Let's go. We got a window. Let's roll. That would be amazing if that actually happens. Because yeah. my gosh, yeah. what a game changer that would be for Stafford to get. Who I mean, that, I can't even go down that road. So interesting. And, and everybody would lose their minds because yeah. it's like, oh, there go the Rams again, going all in. But you know, theoretically, they could go all in every year and then just trade the draft picks for the next year because every year you get new draft picks. That's true. So, so okay. So, um, who else is in? Who are you hearing is in? Patriots one, right? Or one of them? Who else is? Who else would actually be in? And and um, and you saying the Rams being involved doesn't mean like the, you only look for people who have the cap room that could absorb that fifteen million and change on the spot, right? So, who's in? Well, you can always sort of create space, but right. um, I mean, I would say you know the Titans are a team that's been discussed. Forty Niners, I know Garofalo mentioned Rams. We talked about Patriots. You know, I I'm sure that they are going to look into it. Not sure it would totally make sense for me, um, just because you know the value wouldn't be great, and Bill still very much cares about value. Like to me, you know, they spent a lot in free agency, and everybody went crazy. Like, how is that possible? they probably ended up getting some good deals on some free agents, you know, like $12 million for the top free agent tight end when it probably should be 14. That's actually a good deal value. wise. like the Patriots care about value. Them being involved in Julio makes sense that they would call, but I'm not sure they're going to get him. Um, you know, the Ravens have had some interest, but I don't think it's going to be a one there and that salary gives them some problems. So um, those are sort of the teams that have been potentially in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, the Titans do seem to make the most sense. Um, I just don't know that that has moved. I don't know that – it doesn't sound like their conversations have been overly recent, the Titans and the Falcons. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, what, what's, the, what, what's the current status of Aaron Rodgers in the Packers now that we're, we're post-June 1 later on today and something – is potentially more likely than it would have been just yesterday, even though it seems like uh, the Packers are have no intention of of moving this guy. So, what do you got for me? Yeah, on that, I end? would agree. No, no intention of moving him. I haven't checked the Instagram account of the actress whose name I forget that he's vacationing with. Yes, um, it's Miles Teller's wife, is what you're referring to, right yes. there. Okay. So I had not. I don't. I don't know what. I'm sure she's very good. I just don't know what show she's in. I had not heard of her before she started posting about Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I haven't checked her Instagram account recently to know if he's still in Hawaii. Um, I don't get the sense that much has changed at all. And that's another one where, like, there's not much incentive to do anything right now. Like, yes, the Packers, and, you know, they've been trying to get a deal done. I know they would really, really, really like to get a an extension done that makes him happy to kind of end this issue. I just don't know that anything happens soon. Like, is... You know the deadline for mandatory minicamp is that a real deadline? Like I don't know. So, you know, I'm so sort of, let me let me pause you right there. Then you know, Ian. okay, let's sure. let's stop right there. So you know the Packers want him to sign a contract that will make him happy, correct? That's what you're yeah. saying. So then why wouldn't Aaron yeah. Rodgers want to sign a contract that would make him happy? Is it simply because that contract should have been offered to him the minute they lost the NFC Championship game, and he was wondering about his future? And it did not come because 
of whatever reasoning that caused him to um, feel the way that he that has been reported for him to feel and that he confirmed with Kenny Mayne uh, one week ago last night. I mean, is that what is this, that, that, that he wanted it when he wanted it and it didn't come and he's pissed and he's now going to make him wait? Is that basically a way to look at this right now? Well, I sort of I sort of think about it like I do with a lot of contract negotiations. And, you know, this is not the first negotiation to get personal and heated, I would say. Sideways. Um, yeah. I don't know that he hasn't – I don't know that he's not signing it. I just know that he hasn't agreed to it yet. Like maybe they haven't done a deal that's good enough. You know, I, I mean, that's – I see this all as a – you know, there's there's plenty of other parts of it, but I see it in part as a negotiation. So the fact that he hasn't accepted a deal just means the offer isn't good enough yet, or he's not ready to accept what is what is their current offer. You know, so they they can make this work financially. They can make this work contractually. They can make it so he has enough guaranteed money, so he's not worried about Jordan Love supplanting him ever, so he can retire on his own terms. I mean, these are the sorts of things he wants. Right. I just I just don't know that they're there yet. And that was interesting to me in the Kenny Mean interview was he didn't close the door on anything. No, I mean, he kicked the can down the road. The way that I termed it is he turned up the heat on Gutekunst. Like, he he is, I don't think that this uh, goose, if you will, of being Gutekunst, is remotely cooked enough for Rodgers. I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get that goose cooked even more when he's out there golfing with the scientist, as Tom Brady's Instagram account referred to, Bryson DeChambeau. That's like, going to be great. I mean, July 6th is going to be a date where, you know, Brady and Phil will get in Aaron's face and have fun and, with, with his situation, and he'll make a couple comments that will be caught on a hot mic that works because, I mean, that that's just going to turn that thing up to Spinal Tap 11, as far as I'm concerned, because that's going to be right – a couple of weeks before training camp hits, and we're going to be wondering if he's going to show up. So that's my question for you: is if Green, if if you're wondering if the, the terms are not well, uh, uh, um, you know, to Rogers' satisfaction, then, then Green Bay's desire to get him signed long term or to a contract that it makes him satisfied, you know, the only way that that does that is to make Jordan Love inoperable as his successor in the first year first iteration of his professional contract, basically blowing up the clock in the manner that he said he threw a wrench into it with an MVP season. You know, I I think that this is the rational conversation to be had right now is to try and read some tea leaves here, Ian. I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think any of that is wrong. Um, Because that's sort of, I think what he wants. And look, Rogers blew up the, the, the sort of time situation anyway. Yeah kind of like Tom Brady did. Like, I'm sure the Patriots would have loved to have a succession plan of Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Sorry, Brady screwed all that up. Um, and Rodgers screwed it up, too, because he probably had his best season, you know, maybe except for the Super Bowl year. Like, he was he was awesome last year. And the previous year, he had not been as good. And he was like, yeah, maybe you don't. And now they have to recalibrate, which to me is all okay. But, again, like, you got to... You know, if you're the Packers and you want this thing done, like you got to prove it contractually, probably like you said, making sure that Jordan Love is not an issue for Rodgers moving forward through his current contract or something like that. So, um, okay, so we're basically playing a waiting game right here to see how that all plays out. And training camp would be 
one uh, flashpoint. The next one would be the mandatory minicamp in a couple weeks to see if he shows up, right? And at some point, Jordan Love is going to have to talk, I imagine. The Packers went through their minicamp last week without putting him out there. At some point, he is going to, you know, put in his two cents, and he's the future. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and and the weirdest thing for the Packers is Jordan Love is, by all accounts, a great guy. Right. Like, I hear him and Rodgers have a really good relationship, and everybody likes him. I have no idea what he can do on the football field, but seems to be a really good person, upstanding mm. human, who probably is going to handle this extremely well. Uh, just we haven't heard from him yet. We heard from Rodgers a couple of times, um, plus singing. We don't even know... I don't even know if Jordan Love, what lyrics to Taylor Swift songs is Jordan Love? Dude, it's the second reference you've made to that now. I mean, you know. I'm just saying, it's, look, we get our information where we get our information, okay? What information are you gleaning from that? So what are you, what are you gleaning, what information are you gleaning from that? He's just living his best life and he's making it like, you know. And, he knows how to play the guitar. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers knew how to play the guitar? I did not. I didn't either. I did not, and that was pre-June 1st, so, you know, it'll be more costly. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Ian. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> Always enjoy, Rich. All Take right, care. right back at you. There's Ian Rappaport. Nothing's going to happen, man. I'm telling you. Not today. What is it, June 14th? Is that when it is? I think that's when their 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 OTA is. One for Atlanta, too. Julio's not showing up there. You know, I don't think he will. I doubt it. Why would he put himself on the field, get hurt, and can't get traded? Why would he do that? No way. These things are going, these things are going into July. Well, certainly Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. And if he's here and like the Packers are like, yeah, we're, 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 all right, let's take a break. I'll hit this a little bit more when we come back. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. And um, something that I heard about Aaron Rodgers at the draft that I mentioned when we came back. Oh. About moving to the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes has chimed in on that subject matter in a moment. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs Costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. That season, I was still going crazy emotionally. I was still going the opposite directions. But the guy who threw the cup of beer at me, John Green, who's a friend of mine now, it was a $50 bet. So when the guy raised his hand, and I got and I hit on the scores table, I thought he hit me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no reason for anybody to be raising their hands and cheering because the game is not going on. So I'm like, okay, you hit me. I went in that direction. And then John Green was like, he saw me running. And he kind of skinned it up like, oh, uh, I hope Meta don't, or Ron doesn't think it's me. Right? So, um, so the guy raised his hand because he owed John Green $50 that he could hit me. So they was just drunk, having fun, which everybody does that, does silly things. But, you know, it cost me, it cost me tons and tons of millions of dollars. But you're friends with the guy who who hit you with the beer? Uh, absolutely. This is the reason why. This is the reason why I reached out to him because I, I didn't. I don't like the whole grudges, you know. Um, and then also, and this life is bigger than um, getting hit with a cup of beer, getting suspended, losing tens and tens of millions of dollars, and um, you know, uh, life is bigger than that. You understand? And things happen, <laughs> you know. Um, and we move on. How did you re How did you find him? How'd you find him? Well, when, when I first got suspended from the bro, I thought everybody hated me. I was still young, you know, in my own mind. I had like three, four personalities at that age um, or hearing things, right? And I was just going crazy at that age. And then I said, you know, I need to get rid of this. I need to feel better about myself. So I reached out to God. I, on Twitter. I said, hey, if anybody can find this picture, I'll take you to lunch. I didn't put the name because it was John Green. And I didn't want people to think Ron Artest is reaching out to John Green to start a fight. You know, so I put the picture up mm -hmm. and um, this guy said, I know who that is. That's John Green. And he found him for me. He gave me his number. I called the number from direct message and it, and it said, uh, this number has been changed. And then it gives you the right number. Right. So and then um, so I don't make no sense why they did that back in the days. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty stupid. right? Sure. So then I called I called the number. I said, um, hey, this is Ron. Can I speak to John? His wife answers. And she says, Get the F out of here, right? That's what she says. Stop playing games. I said, no, I'm serious. This is Ron. Mm -hmm. And then she said, hey, John, Ron's on the phone, right? <laughs> like we are friends. It's the funniest story. I wish we could have filmed it. John answers the phone. And this is the, this is the guy who threw the cup at me. I can see why. He's crazy. He answers the phone and says, hey, Ron, what's up? Like he knows me. <laughs> you understand? What hey, Ron, what's up? How you doing? Very sorry. <laughs> he said right away. He didn't I'm even very sorry. check to see if it was me. Like he just knew it was me. I would have. I, I would. I, I, I would have paid anything to hear that conversation. It was amazing. It was, and he said, "You know, I'm sorry about what happened." And then he told me the story about the bet. You know, um, which was like wow. Like it made me feel so much better about that situation. That's just when you're wondering what's going on in the stands. I mean, what a story that is. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show for our radio audience, uh, we just played in our Peacock-only segment a uh, three-minute uh, soundbite um, from when Meta World Peace was in the studio in the chair to my right. Um, was that three years ago, two years ago, when he was here and mentioned how casually that he sought out and has since become friends with the guy who threw a beer at him at the Palace of Auburn Hills uh, for that famed Malice in the Palace um, night that changed so many lives professionally. And for him, as he said, millions of dollars went out the door. With all the fans acting, you know, coming back to arenas and a, a handful of them now acting so unruly and, 
you know, making fools of themselves, throwing stuff on the court or spitting on a player or in the case in Washington yesterday in D.C., running on the court, actually physically breaching the, the court space and running out of the stands and hitting the court. And that could happen pretty much anywhere in the NBA oh, yeah. any night if somebody has bad intentions. It's not funny, you know. It's not funny, and that's why we wanted to have him on today. What does he think? Like, how to de-escalate? Is there a, a need to de-escalate? I figured, let's get him on. That's uh, top of the third hour. We just chatted with Ian Rappaport moments ago about Aaron Rodgers and how he says he knows the Packers would like to sign him to a long-term deal. The long-term deal has to make the situation of Jordan Love getting his spot before Aaron wants to give it up disappear. I don't think the Packers want to do that. Clearly, they had an idea in mind when they traded up to go get Jordan Love. And clearly, they have mishandled Aaron Rodgers by not telling him about it or what seems to me to be a conversation about some form of an extension that Rodgers and his agent felt was, in the end, insulting because it did not remove Jordan Love taking his spot before he wanted to give it up. Leaving that reserved to the Packers. What you hear is it was just for this year alone. Okay? Just this year alone will guarantee you the dollars or something. You remember when he refused to re, uh, re- restructure? Uh, and I've always told you yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. the man bites dog story. Is when a con- when a conversation with a quarterback leads to no restructuring. Not like, well, this guy restructured the contract. They must have cap space problems. No, that's done well in advance. Perfect example: Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure Brett Veach and him went over with his agent exactly when they're going to start to have to restructure. I'm sure that's. There's already restructure points coming in two years from now. They already know about now. Part of the reason why I bring up Mahomes is because I came out of the draft or out of draft night one, called into the show and Ryan Leaf was sitting in. And I said, hey, why would the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers on draft night? And why would Rodgers want to even accept a trade to Denver? Because if you remember, that was the big to do on draft night that the Broncos were close. I think our friend Schlereth tweeted that out and a lot of people were like, he must know he's tight with Elway. And we'll never know how close they were. Maybe in a 30 for 30 one day, if there was any there, there at all. But I was like, why would there, why would he want to do that? Right? What if I told you? Because I said, why would he want to go and finish his end game of his career with his window of opportunity he's so focused on in Green Bay, why would he do it in, in Mahomes' division? Where Mahomes is sitting right there twice a year, maybe sitting on top of that division. I said that. And then I heard back, after talking to some people in Denver, in, in uh, at the draft in Cleveland, that, you know, Rodgers wouldn't reject a trade to Denver at all under those circumstances. And that was interpreted as me saying he wants to go to Denver because he wants to beat Mahomes. That's a misinterpretation. I heard that he would sit there and say, I'm a GOAT. 
Yeah. I'll 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 go there and compete and make him a wild card yeah, I'll participant anyway. every year. I'll, anyway. I'll do what Peyton Manning did and win a championship there. I'm not going to be afraid of that. So Mahomes was at his draft. Was at his draft. Jeez, was at his charity golf tournament in Hawaii over the weekend, which looked amazing, by the way. <laughs> and and said, you know, he was asked about, you know. Uh, Rogers coming into the division. If he came to the AFC West, it would just make it a little tougher for us, but we're up for the challenge, he said. If Rogers shows up in his division. And then he added this about the new schedule, having a 17th game on it. Are there any records that you have your eyes set on breaking? Yeah, the only record I have my eyes set on breaking, which would be, it'd be new this year, going 20 and 0. Okay. You know, it's not a, it's not a really a record to be broken, I guess you'd say, but Undefeated. I think 19 and 0 is the record right now, so being able to go 20 and 0 be the first one to do that, that'd be awesome. All right. That's an interesting record to be broken. It's a team record. 17 and 0. Again, we've got to get uh Caliendo to do 17 and 0, baby. 17 and 0, man. Yep. All right. NFL Films music, please, Mr. Feller. Oh, let's go. Let's do the win-loss game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Your back-to-back AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go. Pop it up, Hoskins. There it is. Opener against the Cleveland Browns. Woo! I'll just say I'll I'll, I'll give that one to W. Okay. At the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. They got the Ravens number, don't they? They kind of do. That's 2-0. Chargers at home, that's that's a win. At the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a win. Home for the Buffalo Bills. They're lucky to have Buffalo at home, I will say. That's a win. I'll give them a win. I say they're 5-0 at the Washington football team. Yeah, Fitzmagic does weird things, you know. Uh, that's a win. At the Tennessee Titans. Here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the dream ends there. I'm going to say the dream ends there. They kind of have issues with Tennessee. I'll say that's a loss. Monday night at home against the Giants is a win. The Packers at home. I mean, is that Rodgers going to come in there or is that Jordan Love? I'll say that's a win at the Vegas Raiders is a win. Home for the Cowboys is a win. For Dallas? Nope. (laughs) Denver Broncos at home is a win. Vegas Raiders at home is a win. At the L.A. Chargers on a Thursday night is a loss. Oh. Home for the Steelers is a win. At the Bengals is a win. And the Broncos is a win. I say they go 15-2. and two. And I am going to choose them to win the AFC. They're not resting again. guys week 18? No. I don't think so. They will. So they're about, what, it'll be 14-3? Yeah, 14-3. But 17-0 is not. I got them... Losing a division game at the Chargers because that's always something that can yeah, happen. Yeah, because remember last year they split with the Raiders. Yep. And then at the Tennessee Titans, there's always invariably injuries. So I don't say it's 17-0, but I'll say 15-2 and for the Kansas City Chiefs. How wrong am I? <laughs> am I wrong? Magic eight ball. Magic eight ball. Am I wrong? It says outlook not so good. Maybe it is fourteen and three. One all thing right. to notice when you look at the Chiefs' schedule: all of their tough non-division games, 
Home. Yeah. Home for Green Bay, home for Buffalo, home for Dallas, home for Pittsburgh. If they're healthy, man, come on. If they're healthy, look out. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, obviously, I know that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, everybody's waiting for them to take a step back, and I think they've redone their offensive line in a very they have. Smart. impressive, smart way. Yep. And I think that they're going to be the favorites to win the AFC, and I think they will win the AFC, and I think they're going to make a third straight trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, it comes down to any team, though, who has a superstar quarterback. It's really all of up course. to – it's all on that guy's shoulders. Exactly, like, and that's not know, a bad shoulder for him to be on. Yeah. So I, I got some uh, reaction to my Jets going – what did I say they were going to go? Six and 11? Or did I say – Seven and 10. Seven and 10. Seven and 10. Seven and 10. Got to do them. By the way, the math is so strange with the 17-game schedule. You know, a great way to to think about it is uh, NCAA tournament first-round games. 116, 215. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. 314, the famous 5-12 game. That's Eight, a, nine, that's, that's seven, good. ten. Yeah, that's smart. Think about it. It's a first round seedings from, or the it is the first round right after the plan. Whatever they're I'm calling confused. it. But anyway, I had the Jets seven and ten, and <laughs> we got some funny tweets. Uh, well, the one I'd like to amend, if I, I, I can, I amend this. Which one about the guy saying he'd be good with four and thirteen? No, oh. <laughs> no, no. I I I I'd like to I'd like to amend it to six and eleven. Oh, we're amending. Yeah. What uh, any particular win you're giving back? Yeah, I'm going to give back the win at home against Belichick in week two. Uh, somebody <laughs> sent me like the way that the we also talked to Jeff Howell, the Athletic, uh-huh. and he talked about how terrific this Belichick defense is, and it's only going to get better. And they got some of their guys back, like Van Noy from another team, and yeah. obviously Hightower from COVID. S- you know, uh, from last year where he opted out. Yep. That there's no way that a guy who saw that had um, S- Sanchez seeing the taint of his teammate and ghosts <laughs> with Darnold seeing ghosts is going to lose to Zach Wilson in, in in game two. And I kind of agree. So, 6-11. and 11. I reserve the rights to amend. It's my show. 